Do you need to be a student here? No, you can just... No, you... Something just stung me. Hello, and welcome to The Stinger, a part of the SB Nation of Podcasts and brought to you by AtTheHive.com. My name is Zachary Brown. I'm a writer at The Hive, and today I'm joined by the co-host of At The Hive Live, my favorite Hornets podcast, Chase Whitney. Chase, how are the finals treating you, sir? Finals are treating me well. It's been a great week and a half of basketball. Uh, we thought the Bucks were dead there for a second, but it appears uh, they did not get old Yellard brought out back to the shed. So we're back. We're back. I- I'm excited for tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday before Game Four, so it- it'll be. It should be a good one, hopefully. Forty points, like I think eleven rebounds back to back. Giannis is just doing everything he can to literally carry like the corpse of PJ Tucker to the <laughs> championship. It's been so fun to watch. I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. He's from the area. He went to uh, Wake Forest. He's used to be a Hornet, although it was kind of a fraudulent Hornet um, in New Orleans. And I just love the way he plays basketball. I love the tenacity that he has and the aggression with which he plays. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm firmly in the camp of just wanting the Suns to win. I don't know who is going to win. I don't have any sort of prediction. I guess I haven't really been able to muster one up throughout the series. But I think I just want the Suns to win so he can just get a ring and be confirmed as like at like a top three point guard of all time, unarguable. Oh, fun fact, uh, Chris Paul, New Orleans Hornets jersey was the first basketball jersey I ever owned. So oh. I've, been waiting, I've been waiting a long time for this moment. So I, I, I assume that Phoenix is going to send me a ring as well. But Just like the Suns and Four guy, you're, you're just as important as that guy is. Did you at beat least, somebody yeah. up for the jersey? <laughs> Perhaps more important because I've been, I've been at it for a long time. I haven't beaten anybody up yet, but if that's what it takes, then I'm ready. Interesting fact about Devin Booker. I really wanted really wanted the Hornets to draft Devin Booker, and that was the draft where we drafted who, Chase? Frank, Frank the, tank, the Tank Kaminsky, <laughs> which brings us right back around. He is in the finals, baby, and he is getting three and a half minutes a game. When it was him and Nick Batum in the Western Conference Finals, it was just very funny to imagine like either one of them is going to get a finals berth. One of them now, Frank, is very at least somewhat likely to get a championship ring. So, you know, well, Adam, he, Adam, Morrison, Adam Morrison got part. that ring from the Lakers. Yeah, they all they all win the battle in the long term. It's like it's very exactly. unfortunate. But anyway, man, let's talk about a good player. What you think? I think that sounds like a fun time. Miles Bridges sounds like Miles Bridges, uh, yeah, for sure. You and I both wrote about Miles multiple times during the season on AtTheHive.com. Please go check it out. I believe the last article you wrote was kind of how P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges work together and how they can play together both now and in the future. It was such a like a a pressure point year, a crossroads year. I don't I don't know what the right term is for Miles because of the addition of Gordon Hayward because you didn't know if he was going to be able to grow his game, evolve his game in a way that was going to allow him to be more dominant. And I think he stepped up in a lot of different ways, right Chase? Oh, absolutely. He he developed in a lot of significant categories for a player of his position, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, we can hit the kind of the hard numbers, 13 points-ish a game. I think 
what jumps out to me the most was the three-point shooting. Um, although he was taking the same amount of three-pointers, just about four and a half, five three-pointers a game, he was hitting 40% versus 33%. You know, that 40% mark really tells the tale of whether or not you're going to be able to stay on an NBA court. Those stats are great, and we can kind of get into a little bit of the more advanced stats. But I think he really showed up as a leader in this team. Yeah, absolutely. And the th- and when they needed a leader, he was. And the best part about that was in the beginning of the season, he took the role that was given to him, which was not really one that he deserved, frankly. Like, he was a lottery pick that improved quite a bit from his rookie season to his second season. And then he went right back to the bench because the team just happened to sign Gordon Hayward, who they didn't expect to opt out of his player option and even be available. And then all of a sudden, Miles goes from being, you know, firmly entrenched as a starter on the wing to having to fight for backup minutes as a power forward. And then he wasn't even really a featured player off the bench because Lamelo was coming off the bench at that time, too. Slowly, he just continues to develop the chemistry with Lamelo. The Airbnb thing gets brought up. He slowly gets better. And then he's a starter. And then in the month of April, he's putting up 20 points a game, shooting seven threes and hitting like 46.7% of them, which is just an absurd development, like in season for a player to make. It's so hard to do that type of stuff during the year. Usually people take huge jumps like that from one off season to the next, but he just like, they just told him they needed him to play big minutes and score a lot. He was like, all right, I'll, I'll go do that for, you know, basically a month and a half. The LaMelo Ball-Miles Bridges connection, enough can't be said about the chemistry that was built during that time. Uh, When they were healthy together, when they got their playing time together, as you said, he was coming off the bench, and he could have taken that a wrong way if he wanted to, but he came off the bench with ferocity, and he created that Airbnb connection. You know, I'm not 100% sold on Airbnb as a name. I'm still workshopping some other names, not quite there yet, Chase. This is, the product placement is just not not really what you want. You know what I mean? You want to create your own thing. Um, that's why LaMelo has that huge tattoo on his chest. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't, you don't want to be an advertisement for Airbnb unless they're going to pay mean, them. That's, unless that's a different story. There it is. They, they need to be a sponsor of the forthcoming LaMelo Ball Miles Bridges podcast. You know what I mean? There we go. Perfect. Presented by Airbnb. <laughs> so miles gets relegated to the bench and we have gordon hayward lamello ball becomes a big part of the team terry rogier is hitting these like 30 point games and you don't know if he's going to get kind of lost in the sauce so then there, just as happens with every season there's an opportunity created because of injury you referenced kind of his april in his April, Gordon Hayward gets that major injury um, that gets him out for the rest of the year. P.J. Washington is injured during April. Terry Rozier is injured during April. And then Devontae Graham gets injured. You know, Malik Monk, who during that time we thought was going to be kind of the savior of the season. Like, oh, wow, Malik Monk is coming out of nowhere. And during that time... The Hornets struggled, you know, their record wasn't great, but it was the Miles Bridges show every single solitary night. That really, I think, gives you a window into Miles Bridges' future. Like, the question with these young players is always, will they be able to evolve into a person that you can count on night to night? And that April timeline, he really proved that he could do it. 
this morning I was I was tending to my baby. My baby's turning one in a couple of days. Uh, I can't believe that's that's the case. And we're in the living room and we have YouTube on and I'm watching a Brooklyn Nets game that we played in April, mid-April, April 16th. And it's Miles Bridges, and he's it, what I like about watching it is that you kind of get the whole idea of a game versus seeing highlights. And Miles Bridges is really manipulating the offense the entire time he's in there. What was great to see, he was like 48% from the three-point line. He was hitting three-pointers like crazy, but also distributing the ball as well. I think in his evolution, you're going to have to see him lead lead whether it's not it's coming off the bench, you know, in those smaller minutes or in times when there are injuries, when the opportunities present, present themselves to really lead the team uh, to victories. Did you see that from him coming out of college, coming out of Michigan State? Michigan yeah, State. yeah, Michigan State. <laughs> I, but he in the, he went to the school in the state of Michigan. That is definitely that's true. yes <laughs> for sure. I'm from App State, so I don't care about Michigan schools. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, I I honestly like not really. I did not think he'd be able. I, he'd be like this level of shot creator per se. I thought that, but like when he came out as a rookie and wasn't as good of a shooter as he was in college, like that was sort of somewhat disappointing. I always thought he'd be a little better than that. And it didn't surprise me that, you know, over the last two years, really, and especially this year, he's rebounded to be a, a pretty efficient shooter from long range. But the fact that he can create so many of his own shots now, which is not really something he did a lot of at Michigan State. He was more of just like an athletic floor spacer, like wing forward hybrid. But he is set for the leader on the team in three-point percentage from on above the break threes, which is just anything that's not in the corner and that he's in the 68th percentile in the entire NBA per cleaning the glass. And the only players that are even close to him in that regard are Malik and PJ and Terry. And, you know, the uh, Malik and Terry, you would expect for them to be that good because, you know, they're guards. PJ they're is also just, right. Exactly. PJ is also just a good shooter, but again, and that speaks to how well that they both play together. But in miles case, like he's creating so many of those shots on his own, like the, in the, this year, he was able to just take the ball on uh, around a pick and roll and pull up from the wing and stretch. You're pulling defenses out so far from the hoop when you're sh- showing that ability to do that instead of just being able to knock down threes efficiently from the corner uh, when you're they're getting kicked out to you and stuff like that or on a fast break. And that's just it's uh, it creates like a whole new level of scoring ability because they like the defenders just have to respect you so much more than they did before. And that opens up driving lanes for somebody that's athletic or as athletic as miles and leaves the, leaves the paint vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. And then he's also improved as a playmaker, which was another thing that was like a huge development for him. That also makes it easier for you to drive because people can't help off of you as much, especially with the Hornets because they have so many good shooters and he's such a good playmaker off of the short roll, like when he's around the elbow area and in the paint and he can just kick it out to either side or back to back above the break to a guard that passed him the ball originally. Like he just made so many strides in so many significant areas for like a player of his position. Like I said earlier, like it's just, it was really awesome to see. And a lot of it I didn't anticipate at all, but I mean, he, showed it to such a high volume for like a month and a half that it, it's pretty it, it's pretty hard to believe that he would take like a step back from that next year. So I feel, I feel like he's pretty confidently a starter on the team now. But who who becomes uh, a bench player is a... 
that's the real question. question to answer because it's not, not nobody didn't earn it it's just miles much like Lamelo, like this year both the, obviously the two bright spots of the team they just like forced their way into the starting lineup pretty much i want you to speak a little bit about the play between pj and miles bridges because their two evolution is is kind of connected to the future of the charlotte hornets right both relatively high draft picks you know they've evolved both as players. They're about they're a year apart. Do you think? I mean, everybody's looking for the three and D, right? Everybody's looking for the guy who can stretch the offense, but also get into the paint, also defend their man. PJ PJ Washington and Miles Bridges seem like the type of players that winning teams are always looking for. Do you think that they can play consistently together? I definitely think they do. I don't, and I think it, it both in the same lineup and on the same team because a they're just two very good basketball players. And until the Hornets are presented with like a very clear reason why to like depart from one of them or include one in a trade package or something like that, they just don't. They don't need you know. They don't really need to do that. It's not like a you're trying to trade a distressed asset like both of them. Even though PJ has probably soured in the eyes of some of the fans in the last year because he was a little inconsistent at dealing with injuries and like a, in his sophomore slump. He's still a really good player with pro- probably pretty high value around the league, I would imagine. I don't really have well, any way those to fans that, are, I don't want to say dumb because that's a mean thing to say, but aren't really looking at the entire picture. Yeah, PJ had in, to like evolve yeah. into a five and learn that whole thing. If you want to learn more about PJ, please go listen to the, we did a player profile last time with James, with uh, James Plowright on PJ Washington. And, you know, you give him some time to grow and evolve in that five spot. We can't lose the force of the trees though, because this man decimated rims this year, just smash them. Clint Capella, I think is in the G league. Now I'm not really sure after that, if you can even come back to a basketball court when something like that, that type of assault happens to you. Everybody loves the LaMelo ball kind of underhanded what football, underhanded football pass, I guess is what you want to call it. Uh, court like side shovel, to court side. Pass. Yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah. Um, but I want to remind everybody, Miles Bridges did the same thing with the LaMelo ball like twice or three times. They were doing passing it back and forth to each other across the court i'd only seen stuff like that with like uh Dwayne wade and uh lebron james but i mean the man is a monster it's so good to have someone who dunks on a team there's no advanced stats for it but it does liven up the team you know it would liven up the crowd too if we had had a crowd for most of the season but it's just awesome to have that kind of energy specifically coming from the bench i don't know if he is going to be a starter on this team. You know, one of the things uh, James said last time we were talking was that you don't want another $20 million a year person coming off their Hornets bench. And I think James is right about that four years ago. The salaries have kind of increased. You know, there are players getting 40, 45, $50 million a year now. So as we look forward kind of to Miles Bridges' contract, I wonder, will he be able to get paid and also stay on this team? Because as long as Gordon Hayward is healthy, they're going to start him over Miles, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would assume so. I, I feel like it's kind of just a like, how, how does the front court situation play out? But that, that just depends more on free agency than 
anything Miles or PJ are going to do between now and the beginning of next season. But I mean, his his contract situation is interesting because he can be extended this year. the The full rookie max is five years and one hundred and sixty eight million dollars. He's obviously not, not going to get right? that. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, I don't. I would be surprised if they do extend him this summer, just because they probably have a lot more things to do before that, and like the just for time purposes, because they are going to have a bit of a rush start to next season again. Uh, I don't know if they'll get to that exactly, but the year after that, well, I mean, I I don't see why they wouldn't uh, just keep him around. I mean, because my, if my, Michael Jordan is is a wealthy man, if I if I'm to be correct, and I I, I feel like paying a luxury tax for the first time, like ever for an exciting team, because I don't like if you're gonna count like the '80s and '90s Hornets, like that's that's a different story. But I don't even count that because a lot of the people that are watching the Hornets today, like, weren't even alive or co- able to comprehend <laughs> basketball the last time this team was as exciting as they potentially could be in the next few years with Lamelo. So, like, and that's no disrespect to like Kemba or Al Jefferson or Joe no. Wallace or any of them, but it's just like it's just a fact of the matter. Now is the time when you would pay the luxury tax, not not when you're you know trying to acquire Marvin Williams, Nick Batum, and Bismack Biombo. If you can do it then, you can definitely do it now. So I, I I would if they like had had any sort of like economic reason for like letting anybody go in the next couple of years, that would be really really disappointing because pretty much everybody that they would be doing that to is like a talented player. So that's why it's like it, the the situation with Malik and Devante is so difficult. Because both of them are free agents this year, it's kind of the same situation that they'll be in with Miles next year. It's like, well, we kind of should have extended these guys already or done something with them if we're gonna potentially let them go. Not that they're ever they're gonna let Miles go for nothing, but you know, it's kind of just a a, a mirror image because the Hornets have a lot of uh, free agency decisions coming up with these young players that are all so good, but they all uh, they all need a pay raise eventually as well. For sure, and I was thinking about the pay raise. Because he could get extended this coming year and he'll be a restricted free agent the year afterwards. I was looking up kind of contracts of this last generation of uh, people coming off the rookie contracts. And Jonathan Isaacs uh, caught my eye. And this is the first time in his career I've ever said that sentence before. <laughs> um, uh, so Orlando Magic's. He's shown some potential, but we're talking about like nine points a game, 33% from three point, plays that small forward, um, came off the bench, even in a, on a team that wasn't very good. Four years, $80 million without breaking a sweat. So if Jonathan Isaacs can get four years, $80 million, I think that Miles Bridges would be worth that, especially if the max nowadays is $168,000 million. Do you see a what's what's the next gear for Miles? Like, do you see an All Star berth in his future, or do you think that he, that there is a different gear to get to? He's already performing really well. Yeah, I mean, for how much of an improvement he made this year, and I mean, even the improvements that he made from his first year to his second year, I, I can't. I, you really can't say that it's like, like entirely out of the question. I, I don't know if I would expect it necessarily, but. I wouldn't be overly surprised by it or I wouldn't be shocked or anything. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel overly comfortable putting a lot of money on it. But if you told me in 2024 that miles bridges was contending for an all-star team or something, I could see that. Cause if it, the shot creating takes another step forward, the playmaking takes another step forward then. And he, I mean, with how athletic he is and is going to continue to be 
And if he even improves slightly as a defender, he's already pretty good at it compared to the first couple of years. Like I, I, he, there just wouldn't be that many players at his position that would be better than him. I mean, he's already, I don't even know what the top, you know, 70, 60 players in the NBA are, but he's got to be in that range. In that that's, realm. That's certainly sure. worth more than I think what, like for like Jonathan Isaac's contracts for reference, like I, I miles would definitely get more than four years and 80 million. I would think like, maybe you know, like I was trying to five or 90. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, because it's the Hornets, like maybe a hundred million, you know? Yeah, that's true. And that puts us in a bind, you know, con- contractually as the years go forward. But if the next four to five years is LaMelo Ball's playmaking with Miles Bridges' athleticism as kind of the, I don't know if you want to call it the core of the team, but the, the style of the team, the, the swagger, the attitude of the team, let's go. I'll take that all day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's a lot of value to be had in having like a player like that, especially for small market teams like that. Like, you see, like John Morant in Memphis is the same type of thing. Like they're, they're, They get videos of him on the internet all the time. And now we see Miles doing the same thing. So it's, it's, he dropped it's an album. This he dropped an album in twenty twenty one. I know it's actually really good. My that we can review Miles's album on the next episode. But I mean that it's honestly very good. I I, I like his music a lot. It's that Detroit style that's yeah. not on the beat very much. Like he, you know they talk kind of around the beat. It's, I don't know. It's not my thing. But hey, I'm a thirty five year old dude. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? An outcast with a K. Uh, <laughs> but. Miles Bridges, man, read all, all about it. Chase wrote a bunch of it on atthehive.com. Uh, Chase also has At The Hive Live rocking in the offseason. How's the offseason been? You guys have been putting out great like draft content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, James and I have been very much enjoying pumping out the draft content. We've got a, all the stuff. to we got a bunch of prospect profiles on At The Hive for people to read, too. Jack Simone's been hammering those out. He's probably got like at least 10 of them done by now. I mean, all these player uh, player profiles that are coming out, we've got a lot, the off-season material at At The Hive has been top-notch, if, if I do say so myself, with no uh, no biases at all. But Who's your player at number 11? Who do you want? Oh, see if, Sh- if, are you a Shane Goon guy? Is, is that Shane Goon? Uh, see, I li- see, the thing is, is I like him, but I like a lot of the players. In the, I basically like everybody that's like one through like 20-ish in this draft. So <laughs> sure. I, don't think, I don't think he'd be near the top of my list, but I, do, I wouldn't be upset if they did pick him. I'm a huge Zaire Williams fan. I don't know if you have uh, been familiar, familiarized with him yet. but Only, he's, he's only ancillary, you know me, Chase, I'm not a big draft head or anything like that. I did watch him some, I don't want to, Shingoon, is that right? Yeah, Alper and um, Shangun. Very good yes. player. Watched a bunch of highlights from him because Plowrite said that he was really good. I mean, Plowrite doesn't like the idea that people call him old school. That dude is old school. That that's some post moves. That's some Al Jefferson stuff. Um, yeah, and he's, I like he's got some uh, some old school flair to him for sure. He's a really really good passer though. He's kind of like a like a Nurkic or Sabonis type player, like a little bit more modern-ish but still uh he's got that that back to the basket chase where can people find you they can find me on twitter at chase whitney underscore you can find me on at the hive uh, on a daily basis i uh, will be cranking stuff out between now and the draft cranking Either. that off-season content out absolutely keep listening to all the podcasts the stinger at the hive live keep reading keep following everything stay tuned we got a lot coming
He is Chase Whitney. I am Zachary Brown. And this has been The Stinger. Peace out. See you guys.